Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. Today's episode features Dr. Jake Hebert, physicist and research associate with the Institute for Creation Research. Here's Dr. Hebert. A number of very famous secular physicists are claiming that we don't need a creator to explain the origin of the universe, that the universe could have created itself. Or sometimes they will claim that the laws of physics created the universe. And you will hear this from physicists like Stephen Hawking and Lawrence Krauss. In fact, Lawrence Krauss wrote a 2012 book entitled A Universe from Nothing, in which he tried to argue that the universe did not need a creator. Now, we can clearly see that this is not a scientific claim and that the laws of physics could not have created the universe by remembering four key points. Now, the first point is what I would call science fundamentals. Before we can even ask this question, could the laws of physics have created the universe, we need to ask ourselves, what are the laws of physics anyway? And how do we know that they're valid? Well, the laws of physics simply are mathematical descriptions of how matter and energy behave. That's it. That's all they are, simple descriptions. And descriptions don't make anything happen. Okay, they can't. You know, how can a description make something happen? These are just descriptions of what we observe. And that brings us to the second question, how do we know that these laws of physics are valid anyway? Well, we know they're valid because we've made thousands of observations. We've made observations, we've done experiments, and we see that these mathematical descriptions accurately describe how matter and energy behave. Now, that brings us to an extremely important point. In order for a scientific explanation to be valid, or really more precisely for an explanation to be scientific, it's got to involve observation. You have to make observations that could potentially show this idea to be false. Well, that raises a question. These people are claiming that the universe could have come into existence on its own. Well, is this a scientific idea? No, because no one has ever observed such a thing happening. Let's say you're a secular physicist and you want to make a genuinely scientific argument that a universe can pop into existence, what would you need to do? Well, you would need to first step outside of our universe somehow look around and make a bunch of observations. And if you see universes popping into existence, then you can make observations, you can quantify that, and you can come up with mathematical descriptions that describe how frequently these universes are popping into existence and what conditions have to be met in order for this to happen. Now, of course, there's an obvious problem with this, right? You can't step outside of the universe, okay? Nobody can do that. 
And for that very reason, these speculations that these physicists come up with are not truly scientific. They sound scientific because they use scientific jargon, but it's not really science because there's no observation. Remember, no observation, no science. A second key point that helps us to realize that this isn't really valid, uh, these claims that people make, is that these physicists will often appeal to a branch of physics called quantum mechanics when they're making these claims about universes popping into existence. Now, quantum mechanics is often counterintuitive and even a little bit weird, and some secular physicists love to appeal to it in order to explain the universe's existence, and I call this abusing quantum mechanics. Now, why do I say that this is an abuse of this branch of physics? Well, one reason has to do with very simple common sense. If you open a quantum mechanics textbook, the textbook simply assumes that time and space and energy already exist. It's a given that they already exist. So how can the rules of quantum mechanics create space and time and energy when quantum mechanics implicitly assumes that those things already exist. It doesn't make any sense. And there's another reason that this is not a valid way to try to explain uh, the origin of the universe. Some physicists, when they're trying to argue that you know a universe could just pop into existence, some of them appeal to something called the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle. And basically, this rule in its most basic form says that the shorter the amount of time it takes a quantum mechanical system to significantly change, the greater is our uncertainty about that system's energy. That's, that's the basic fundamental idea behind this Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Well, a lot of physicists claim that this means that conservation of energy, one of the most important rules in physics, can be violated temporarily, that over short periods of time, energy can literally pop into or out of existence. The problem with that, okay, is this is a controversial interpretation. A lot of people say it. You even see it in some beginning textbooks. But there are some very respected theorists who say that that interpretation is just flat out wrong. So when people, uh, these armchair theorists, will try to use the Heisenberg uncertainty principle to claim that the universe can pop into existence, that's wrong on a lot of different levels. Now it's time for a short break. We'll hear more from Dr. Hebert in a moment. From sharks to butterflies, bats to orangutans, we can't help but marvel at the stunning and amusing creatures God has made. If you and your kids enjoy learning about animals, then you'll love our book, Guide to Animals, with its beautiful full-color images and fascinating facts. Published by the Institute for Creation Research, Guide to Animals provides answers to many popular questions about the animal kingdom. How do chameleons change colors? How do jellyfish live without a brain? And what happened to the dinosaurs and other extinct animals? Guide to Animals shows how everything that can slither, crawl, soar, or swim displays the handiwork of God. Order your copy of Guide to Animals from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. That's 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. Welcome back to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. Here's Dr. Hebert. 
In our previous segment, we talked about some of the reasons uh, that these claims you often hear on popular television about how a universe could pop into existence or how the universe could create itself are just simply wrong. They're really not scientific. And the first reason was what I called science fundamentals. In order for an idea to be truly scientific, it's got to be potentially falsifiable by observation. Well, nobody's ever seen a universe pop into existence, so that automatically puts this outside the realm of science. Second, we saw that there's some dubious interpretations of quantum mechanics out there that armchair theorists will try to use to claim that a universe could pop into existence. A third reason Christians should not be intimidated by these claims is that popularizers of these ideas will often withhold critical information from the public. And there's a very good example of this. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, scientists discovered a particle called the Higgs boson, and it was a very big deal. Uh, you probably remember the news about this. But right after this happened, uh, Michio Keiku, who is a well-known theoretical physicist, you see him on TV all the time, he was interviewed on CNN after this, and he also wrote an editorial for the Wall Street Journal. And he made it sound like the Higgs boson is what caused the Big Bang. That's the impression you got watching this interview on CNN. In fact, you can pull up this interview up on YouTube and watch it. He did some other interviews as well, and he was raked over the coals by other scientists, even ones who are secular, because... Nobody really believes that the Higgs boson is what caused the Big Bang. Now, there are similarities between what they call the Higgs field and the field that some secular scientists believe would have caused the Big Bang, okay? There's a similarity, but that's it. For theoretical reasons, they've ruled out the Higgs boson as being the uh, fuse that could have ignited the Big Bang, allegedly. But yet, when you watch this interview with Michio Keiku, he just goes on and on and makes it sound like they have found the trigger for the Big Bang. Well, even Lawrence Krauss, who is a militant anti-theist and Big Bang proponent, even he doesn't claim that. So sometimes they will often withhold critical information from you, information that you need in order to properly evaluate these claims. And the fourth reason that you should not be intimidated by this claim that a universe could create itself is because of logical fallacies. And you will see this all the time. In fact, even extremely well-known physicists have made absurd statements when they're trying to claim that a universe could create itself. And Stephen Hawking is a good example. In his book, The Grand Design, he made this statement, because there is such a law as gravity, the universe can and will create itself from nothing. Well, <laughs> stop right there. How does anything create itself? In order for something to do something, it's got to already exist. But in order for it to be created, it has to not exist. So the universe would have to simultaneously exist and not exist at the same time in order for it to create itself, which is absurd. That's the first problem. And then he goes on to say, spontaneous creation is the reason there is something rather than nothing, why the universe exists, why we exist. And he says, because there's such a law as gravity, the universe can create itself. Well, stop and think about that for a moment. Gravity exists within our universe. If the universe didn't exist, there wouldn't be gravity. So how does gravity create the universe? That doesn't make sense either. So we see that even people like Stephen Hawking 
when they try to explain the universe apart from God, uh, they will make silly, nonsensical statements. And of course, you're reminded of what the Apostle Paul said in the first chapter of Romans, professing themselves to be wise and they became fools. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but those four reasons, they spell out in reverse order an acronym LAWS. You have logical fallacies, uh, you have abusing quantum mechanics, you have withholding information, and then you have science fundamentals. And if you remember those four key points, you can see that this claim that the universe created itself is not a truly scientific explanation for the origin of the universe. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.